welcome to Medicare Advantage for Health Plans podcast. Insider insights and perspectives on current trends for health plan professionals. This program is sponsored by UST HealthProof and AdvantageSure. Services and technology solutions for government-sponsored health plans. Today we're talking about NLP for Coding and Compliance with Christy Reyes. Christy is the Director of Risk Adjustment Coding Operations. She leads a team of 250 medical coders from various aspects of risk adjustment, including retrospective, prospective, CDI, QA, risk mitigation, and RADV. Christy holds certifications in certified professional and outpatient coding, risk adjustment coding, and auditing. Welcome, Christy. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Christy, we've heard a lot about AI. Lately, it's ChatGPT. We've seen everything from TikToks to TED Talks on the use of AI models. So let's talk about the use of an AI model called NLP, Natural Language Processing. Can you tell us about NLP and how is it being used in the medical coding world? Yeah, so NLP or natural language processing is an AI technology program that is being used in healthcare IT for clinical documentation and medical coding. So for medical coding, the program reads human language as text in medical records based on algorithms that match diagnoses that for our business purposes fall into HCC risk adjustable categories. As an example, the NLP program will scan through the medical record to identify a specified set of words. Let's say, for example, diabetes. The program will identify any instance of diabetes, whether it's specifically documented as diabetes, or it could be documented as a myriad of potential acronyms, jargon, or abbreviated formats like DM or DM type 2. So this has a number of benefits. The first benefit is speed and efficiency. In robust medical charts that span up to 1,000 pages in length, clearly a computer can scan that faster than a manual process. Additionally, the sheer volume of data requires automation to parse through in a timely manner. The second benefit is quality control, a reduction in human error. Key indicators and diagnoses codes can be easily missed. It's the nature of the game. NLP provides quality assurances so we can maintain a 95% accuracy and completeness standard. Accuracy means the codes abstracted are appropriately documented and supported in the medical record. And completeness means that all the diagnosis codes appropriately documented and supported in the record were captured. In some instances, there can be inconsistencies between coders and how they interpret medical language, so the NLP really helps to provide an objective base there. Coding, coders know, it can be a gray area, right? So if two coders look at the same chart, they may each conclude two different coding scenarios. One coder might see one thing, another might find something else, and a third coder might miss something. NLP provides quality control and assurance that the code will be identified for review by a certified coder. Now, whether it's risk adjustable or not, if it's not risk adjustable, maybe we can use it to provide clinical opportunity within the context of a prospective program. So going back to the benefits, it's really an indirect benefit, and that's continuing education, right? So as the NLP programs identify and direct human coders to keywords and diagnoses codes, coders have the opportunity to observe and reinforce their own knowledge and skill set. For example, I'm reviewing a medical chart and I see that the NLP is showing me purpura. I might say, I 
didn't even know that risk adjusted, or I forgot that that risk adjusted. So it's that kind of support that increases production and our accuracy and completeness. Uh, Thank you for that. That makes a lot of sense. Let's dive a little bit deeper. What's the relationship between NLP and coders? You know, what does that process look like? Great question. So let's say the coder logs into a medical record, and if they don't have NLP, they're starting from scratch, right? They're having to review the entire medical record, scratching their eyes to find those key words. Um, But if they have the NLP, that NLP is going to bring them straight to that page number and in some cases even highlight that key word that they're looking for. Uh, For example, in risk adjustment, we have a responsibility to identify and capture diagnoses codes to correctly reflect the burden of illness for members. So the NLP for our clients is preset and designed to thumb through and find specific chronic conditions or HCCs that must be documented and reported annually for risk adjustment programs. So we're seeking those codes that accurately and completely capture the chronicity of illness for those members to make sure we document that burden of illness for that member population. So at this point, we're talking about a first pass NLP. As a first step, the medical coder can get through the medical record a lot quicker. The program might say, oh, there's an instance of diabetes on page one, page 10, on page 50, and again on page 1,233. So now the coder can then go to those pages and apply their coding and compliance guidelines to see if they're able to extract any of the documented conditions. The great thing about NLP is it can be used for all kinds of coding programs. So it can be used not just for risk adjustment, um, encounter coding, HEDIS, CDI, provider education, um, uh, social determinants of health, even being used as suspecting logic and for other analytics. So it sounds like NLP acts like digital sticky tabs in the medical record. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's an important distinction to make. NLP is not replacing the coder. It's flagging what needs to be looked at by the coder. It is very, very much a tool. It helps us coders hone in on keywords. You know, some charts are only 10 pages, while other charts can be thousands and thousands of pages. So the NLP supports that coder and ensures the maintenance of that 95% accuracy and completeness standard in a very, very compliant process. Retrospective risk adjustment is looking to close historical gaps so we have an idea of what conditions the patient has and NLP models are being implemented in this environment, also to flag for suspected gaps. But we also need to account for newly developed conditions so we don't necessarily know what conditions we're looking for all of the time. The basis of that retrospective coding program is to not only capture historical conditions previously reported, but also to capture diagnoses that are newly developed and documented for the patient. This is likely to take the form of incremental pieces of evidence. And NLP is a really good tool for highlighting what we need to look at, allowing the coder to quickly find the information needed to make a decision whether the condition is documented and supported within the medical record. Let's zoom in. What's the process look like? What's the life cycle for the medical chart from first pass to submission? Yeah, so like we just touched on, the chart goes through NLP first pass. This is done to pre-identify which charts contain those keywords for diagnoses codes. It segments the chart by code type, so we're reviewing and capturing according to the specific coding program parameters, and it identifies charts that might need a higher level of scrutiny to reduce regulatory risk. 
After first pass, the chart will go to a medical coder. The medical coder is going to review the entire note, all of the pages, including everything that first pass flagged. They're always looking for the best note, the note that has the best supporting documentation or what the industry calls NEAT. If the NLP has directed the coder to 10 different instances of diabetes, that coder will review the 10 instances and select the record that has the most supporting documentation. Maybe the best evidence is where uh, an A1C is documented. Maybe they're refilling insulin or metformin. Maybe there's a referral for podiatry or ophthalmology for a diabetic check, or there's an order for A1C or glucose. Coders are going to be looking for that record that has the most meat so that there's confidence when it's sent to CMS for risk adjustment submission, lowering that audit risk. So NOP finds all the evidence available and the coder then selects the most convincing evidence? Exactly. NLP allows us to get there quicker. If you don't have NLP, you start on page one and have to get to a thousand pages relying on coder eyes alone. And as we know, we talked about, each coder may see the record differently and things can get missed. But if NLP is driving the coder to those specific insights, you're going to save a lot of time while improving your completeness. Two sets of eyes are always better than one. What's the next stop for the chart after the medical coder? The medical chart then goes through a pre-submission QA process for accuracy and compliance review. A QA coder reviews each abstracted diagnosis code and ensures it meets client coding CMS, ICD-10, and compliance guidelines for submission. This is the final step before it's submitted to CMS or our client. For our clients, we also offer a second pass NLP solution. So these are records that have already been reviewed by a medical coder and are then ran through a separate NLP technology to identify any additional missed insights that would require additional coder review. This multiple approach of NLP utilization can be very helpful as we discuss different coders see things differently when they're reviewing the same record. At this time, does NLP have any limitations? Yes. So we have two ways that we access medical records. One is we obtain scanned PDFs where a retrieval specialist goes out to get those records. And then there are EMR records. Um, NLP cannot get run through an EMR that a coder is accessing remotely. So we have to make sure we obtain these scanned records to run through the NLP technology. There are current initiatives that are in the works to be able to use CCDA or Consolidated Clinical Document Architecture to format the EMR record into a PDF so the NLP program can run. If for some reason there's a formatting error and the PDF doesn't contain the minimum DPI or dots per inch, then that will obstruct the NLP program's use of optical character recognition, or OCR, to scan the medical record for keywords, which is yet another reason why we need that human coming in behind the program for quality assurance. Another example of why coders are needed to support NLP. The coder has to look at all of the flagged instances. We're going to keep using diabetes as an example. They need to determine whether there is conflicting information in the medical record. So for example, let's say on page four of the visit, there's an instance of diabetes, the provider has prescribed metformin, they're running an A1C, but then we scroll back up to the HPI on page two and we see, uh-oh, the provider also indicated the patient was there for pre-diabetes. That's conflicting information and we can't abstract that. However, we can still use that for prospective reviews and we can send a query to the provider for clarification. So NLP is still useful. 
The documentation and capture of active cancer also requires a coder. So everyone knows physician documentation is a challenge here, right? Determining what constitutes active cancer versus a history of. So having NLP identify the diagnosis codes is helpful, but we have to have the coder review to make sure that there is supporting documentation, that there is active cancer and active treatment. Another diagnosis that's been a hot topic for compliance is an acute stroke in the outpatient setting. We, we just don't see that. So if NLP identifies a stroke and the place of service is 11 and it's a provider's note, we know that's a history of stroke and we don't abstract that. Another diagnosis that can slip by in NLP uh, is PVD, which can stand for two different things, peripheral vascular disease, a cardiovascular condition, or posterior vitreous detachment, an ophthalmic condition. PVD is also synonymous with vascular claudication. And there's also neurogenic claudication, which is a completely different scenario. So this is especially important in risk adjustment coding programs where certain diagnoses are used to calculate the member's burden of illness. So when the NLP identifies claudication, we have to make sure we're capturing these conditions with accuracy. There are so many examples of why coders are essential for compliance. You know, the NLP program does have its limitations. It needs quality assurance checks too. So there has to be a way to provide feedback to the NLP program. We do this by tracking diagnoses identified by NLP that are abstractable versus those that were not. It is important to have a feedback loop with NLP, especially if you are using a vendor. Regular detailed audits of NLP findings and omissions all allow for continuous improvement. Another example of limitation where feedback is essential is incorrect text mapping to something that's not relevant. To use an earlier example, neurogenic claudication should not prompt a result for vascular claudication. Or we've seen instances where the patient has diabetes, but it's actually a family history. Then we also have to ensure that NLP doesn't identify something that's already been resolved. We want to be sure insights that aren't capturable are excluded. NLP is great. It's still saving mountains of time, making the process more efficient, and ensuring higher levels of accuracy and completeness. But there still has to be continuous improvement in the NLP rules engine. I suppose the system has to get updated fairly often as new codes emerge and regulatory updates come out. How are these updates uh, accounted for? Great question. Every year, coding updates have to account for ICD-10 changes. The V28 model comes into play for Medicare Advantage risk adjustment. New social determinant of health guidance emerges. Regulatory changes from CMS and industry trends. Each plan at that point has to decide on the parameters and strategic direction they want to take within their risk adjustment program, and we set the NLP rules accordingly. So each plan may have slightly different NLP rules based on whether that plan wants to take a more conservative approach or take on a bolder approach. They can make those amendments to the coding guidelines accordingly. Our NLP casts a wider net. We want to oversaturate and not undercut because the goal is to identify any instance we can possibly find that will accurately support and document the member's burden of illness. So we want to pull in every instance and then have that coder go through and make sure it's compliant with coding guidelines and select the best evidence. What's the average amount of time saved from using NLP? Another great question. First, that's going to depend on the chart length, right? If it's a two-page chart versus a 1,000 or 10,000-page chart. 
but there is academic research that shows it can contribute to about a 15 to 20% increase in productivity. And as I've mentioned before, we have that 95% accuracy and completeness standard. So between NLP and our coders, we've got a good process that I think outperforms the industry. Christy, thank you so much for joining the show. We have learned a ton about how NLP enhances the medical coding process for risk adjustment. To our listeners, thanks for tuning in. We'd love to hear from you. Leave a review in Apple Podcast or Spotify and follow the show to get notifications when new episodes release. This program was brought to you by UST HealthProof and AdvantiSure. From end-to-end core administrative processing, risk adjustment and quality, to clinical operations, care management, and member acquisition. We offer a full suite of services and technology solutions for government-sponsored health plans.